All right, welcome back to the Live Loud Life podcast. Uh, my name is Dr. Antonio, your host of the Live Loud Life Live Loud Life podcast. Got way going, talking way too fast. Today we have Jeff Fulford on the show with Fit to Ride Custom Bike Fitting um, out of is it Lafayette? That yeah, we're out of Lafayette. Out of Lafayette, perfect. Um, I've always I've never had a bike fit, so first and foremost, <laughs> but I've always um, was curious about bike fitting. Um, to understand more about what you guys are looking for. And Jeff is also a physical therapist. So it's in, uh, and obviously an avid writer himself. So we're taking into consideration a lot of uh, unique lenses and perspectives. So I'm super excited to have Jeff on. If you've never had a bike fitting in your local, um, this could be a good, great resource for you guys as well. So welcome Jeff. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So, uh, give us a little bit of background um, um, about you, um, uh, how you started getting into this, your your history as a physical therapist, so on and so forth. Sure. Yeah. So, I've been a, a physical therapist for the past twenty one years. I went to Loma Linda University in Southern California. I graduated there in two thousand, and I got um, backing up from that. I got interested in physical therapy when I was fifteen. I had a an ACL injury doing gymnastics where it was kind of like a um, acro sports, ground tumbling, cheerleading type stuff and in introduction to, to gymnastics at the school I was going to. And I was on that two and a half high, like a lean to or doing a hand to hand handstand. And I came down wrong and landed my knee caved in and had an ACL injury. And so I was 15. I went through physical therapy. No, no surgery. No, no surgery. So oh, great. So this ACL injury was actually, unique usually when you have an acl tear it tears in the middle yeah mm -hmm. but the acl it evolved from the tibia so a chunk of bone pulled oh yeah, off, yeah, yeah. and so they casted me and it reattached itself oh interesting that's, um, that's great it was good for a while oh, okay <laughs> however um eventually it became a non-functional acl over time just um it got over stretched out and I, even though I tore it in 2015, no, sorry, I was 15 when I had the ACL tear, but I had surgery in 2005. So I tore it in, eight, in 88, 1988, I had surgery in 2005. But now, sorry to interrupt. With that, in that particular case, just now sparking my curiosity, mm -hmm. with those avulsions, are there different ways in which they treat those now? Do they tack those in or is it just kind of, hey, we cast you and see if it will reattach? Yeah. So they... That's a good question. Um, I or were you just so active that it just no, happened? Well, they when I went in, there was a chance I was going to have surgery. Okay. So they they manipulated my knee to see if the avulsion would fall back in place where it came from, and it did. So then they cast me. If they couldn't get it to go back where they needed it to, then they would have either pinned it or done done surgery on it. Gotcha. Okay. So it basically re reattached itself, and then. Um, yeah, I went through PT. I got interested in it. I told my dad, I'm like, you know, dad, um, I think I kind of like physical therapy. It's a combination of medicine and working out. I, I was just getting into weightlifting at age 15 and 16. I was like, I, I joined a local YMCA. This is back in Florida and the Tampa area. And so I was like, I think I'm going to be a, be a physical therapist. It was a good fit. I wish I didn't have the the injury, um, yeah, yeah. but it kind of gave me a direction in my into my career. So um, once I started college, I was a pre-fiscal therapy major. Then I got into Loma Linda University, 
and I went through PT school. And so I've been or specializing in orthopedics since then with a specialty in knees, especially with my own knee ACL injuries, what I had to go through. And yeah, I, yeah. I've taken a lot of extra courses for re- return to sport activities for ACLs and to see if people are ready to to go back and play and if they're safe enough, if they're strong enough, their movement is good to prevent a secondary or a second re-injury. And I am currently, I'm working for Cornerstone Orthopedic and Sports Medicine in Westminster. We have three locations, uh, Wheat Ridge, Westminster, and um, in, in Superior. So I'm at the Westminster Clinic and um, I've it's been four years now. So my nice. my wife and I moved from Southern California four years ago out here to, to Colorado. Kind of lived the the Colorado dream lifestyle. Um, my family I'm from Florida, so actually I grew up in Clearwater, but we would take family ski vacations out to Colorado every year. Yeah, for about fifteen uh, twenty years, we would come out to Colorado for one to two weeks at Christmas time and just ski. And as a kid growing up in Florida, I always like the mountains and the four seasons, just mountain activity. And when I went out west for school, the first time I was able to really get into mountain biking and hiking and backpacking and um, then more skiing and everything. So I just really liked the the west. And then but I was coming out to Colorado twice a year in the wintertime for skiing, then right. the summertime for mountain bike races and stuff. I'm like, you know, I'm out here twice a year and it's always been on the map. And so I'm like, you know what? Um, the opportunity arose to come out to Colorado. We like made it happen. So when did, uh, when did cycling really become, so gy- gymnast, I guess, what other sports did you do? So it sounds like gymnastics, tumbling, mm-hmm. some acrobatic type of stuff, weightlifting a little bit when you're yeah. younger. When did uh, cycling become a big part of okay. what you enjoy? Yeah, when I was going through school, I actually got real big into playing hockey. Uh, in Southern California, it was a lot of roller hockey, but they also had some ice skate rinks where you could play ice hockey. And I played roller hockey for several years, and then um, I transitioned to ice hockey. But at that time, so this was in the early 2000s, and my my right knee from my ACL injury, like I had surgery in, yeah. t- in 2005, skating started to cause a lot of knee pain. And that's when I had my first surgery. Then I had a second surgery, but I couldn't skate anymore. So I couldn't play hockey and I started riding the, the bike and it was like a instant love affair. I can say it. I went out on a borrowed mountain bike with a friend and I was riding to the hills. This is back in California. And I just liked the, the challenge of it, the exercise of it. And um, so I rode a little bit, but then after when hockey was kind of done, I couldn't do that anymore. I just kind of went towards the bike just to, for exercise and, and yeah, yeah. enjoyment. And I just started getting getting pretty good at it pretty quick. And when I when I got into so yeah, I couldn't play hockey anymore because of my knee, my knee pain. Then I got a road bike because I first started mountain biking. But then when I got a road bike, I really liked the the speed of it. It was so light. I could, yeah, I could go so fast on it. And I was like, Oh wow. So, um, I started riding a lot. Then I got into road racing and then, and I was fine. Cause I was like, okay, well I can't play hockey and I can't really run any anymore, but the bike was something that I could do without having any, 
any knee pain. That's perfect. But I will have to say with my troubled knee, when what I learned was when you when you first buy a bike, um, it just comes stock at the yeah. at the at the bike shop. They just have a usually a set stem length and crank length and it just comes stock from the warehouse that they get it from. And when you ride that bike for the first time, <clears throat> it usually it's not gonna gonna fit you. Um, you're gonna have to make some adjustments to that bike to make it fit for your body type and, mm -hmm. and style. Mm -hmm. And when I first got into so when I was riding and racing, I just bought the bike and I just rode it as as is. And then I had a good friend. He told me, he goes, hey, I am, I just got a bike fit. This is in Southern California. I got a bike fit through Eileen Olson. And um, you had to go to her. I was like, okay. So um, Kurt Bauma is his name. He's a he's a good friend of mine. And he was an avid cyclist too, racer at the time. And mm -hmm. so whatever Kurt said, I just did. So yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, okay, Kurt, you went to Eileen. I'll, I'll go to her. So I made an appointment. I went, I went to her. And she made all these changes like seat height and cleat position everything. And three months later, there was a big race in San Diego or just south of San Diego, actually in Campo, called Boulevard Road Race. And I ended up winning that as a Category 4. So if you don't know cycling, if you're a, a beginner road racer, you start at Category 5. Okay. Then you go to 4, 3, 2, 1. Nice. And then, uh, to, then a pro, is a, you have a, a contract. So, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're a Cat 4 and 5, you're, you're kind of fairly new to the sport. But after my bike fit, I started training more. I felt more comfortable, and I ended up winning my my first big road race, big climbing race. And so I let Eileen Olsen know, like, hey, thanks for fitting me, and I feel so much better on the bike, and my knee didn't bother me. And that's when I started asking her questions. I'm like, so how'd you get in the bike fitting? Like, what do you need to do? Do you, is this a degree or to get a certification? Mm -hmm. So she kind of walked me through what she did, and then I molded over for a couple of years, and then my wife pushed me into saying, you know, Jeff, You've been talking about when to do bike fitting for a while. When you take this course and get certified in it, and so I'm like, you know what? I think I will because being a, a physical therapist, you understand the the body, the biomechanics, and also through personal experience being an avid cyclist, you just be like, okay, there's a lot of injuries that can happen. You know how to treat those injuries. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what to look for for the movement patterns or the faulty movement patterns, and just little changes can make a big difference. Like for an example. To, to make math easy and since um revolutions per per minute when you're pedaling yep. say it's like 80 um 80 to 90 some people do 100 higher higher spinning but just say if you're climbing you're on 80 82 and you ride for two hours you're getting close to 10 10 000 revolutions yeah, um, yeah, yeah around the bike so if you're in a faulty position it's really going to add up over time create tendonitis issues or just um, pains um different parts of your body and so I was like, you know, this is a, is a good good blend. I go being me being a physical therapist and then having knee surgery and knowing that if my position is wrong on the bike, I instantly have knee pain. Mm -hmm. I go, um, you know, I feel like I can help uh, help a lot of people get more comfortable on the bike and increase their comfort, increase their power, and an overall enjoyment on the bike. And so I just um, I, I took the course and I got certified. I I took um bike fit it's by paul swift and i took that in 2009 and then i just started doing my own fits um there in in redlands california and just kind of serving the local community 
and I got a good name for myself and just it was fun just to um, have people come to me and just figure out what's you know what's causing their their pain know what to look for how to make the their position change my analogy that I always give people is if I was going to have you drive my car today I say hey can you go I forgot something um, over at my house, can you just take my car and, and get it? Mm-hmm. If I hand you my, my keys, the first thing you would do when you get in my car is you would adjust the, the seat. Right. You'd move it forward or backward. you move it up. you move the, the steering wheel is too high. you move the steering wheel down, adjust the side view mirror. It's a rear view mirror, right? You would have to see it and feel comfortable what you're doing. Same thing on a, on a bike. You're not going to just, I'm not going to hand you my, my bike and then you're just going to ride it. You're going to have to change the seat height and everything. So, um, <clears throat> That's that's kind of bike fitting. You you want the bike to fit you versus you trying to just fit to the bike. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what are um, what just from what I have experienced myself and what you hear from other patients and what they're feeling? What are a couple of the main pain points that people feel when they're in an improper fit? Or does is it is it obviously patient dependent on what you're seeing and finding? Yeah, definitely patient dependent on their findings but a lot of time is a lot of knee knee pain a lot of neck pain sometimes some some back pain but i would say what i see a lot is neck and neck and knee or maybe or some hip problems and that's usually the reach is too too far where they're really having to um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. look up you know they need to come in closer or their knees aren't tracking very well and that's can be just from cleat position isn't the the wrong place and or their pedaling style there's there's a lot of issues or how how far forward their their saddle is if they're not lined up over the the pedal spindle that can make a big difference so a lot of i would say a lot of knee and neck issues all right so as as a physical therapist as someone who's doing these custom bike fittings what are some of the main things that you're really observing for you're looking for and that you're trying to like an outcome measurement like i'm trying to achieve this for the patient or the or the client or individual and how do you make those modifications on the bike so the the first objective is to make somebody comfortable on their bike and just being certified bike fitter there's certain ranges that you want the body to to follow Mm -hmm. so hip angle shoulder angle knee angle um foot and angle i mean um foot and ankle angles at the the pedal stroke so all those need to fall within a a certain range and and just out of curiosity that range and those who develop these curriculums do they is 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 do they take it from like a pain perspective or is it more so are they looking like for power output and so on and so forth yeah just for power and also um correct bio biomechanics on the bike okay cool and for comfort and and so usually it starts with the if somebody has clipless pedals where they have the cleats where they clip in Mm -hmm. and so you want to make sure the the cleat is in the right position on the shoe Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. from there you work towards the seat height make sure that the knee is in the right angle say around um you know 30 35 degrees and then then you look at the fore and aft of the saddle where you can move the saddle forward and backwards and you want the knee over the the pedal spindle at a when your feet are in a like a flat position three and nine position Mm -hmm. like forward and back you want that knee over the the pedal spindle and then the last thing that you deal with is the the reach and that's with your stem on the handlebars the stems come in all different lengths and rises mm-hmm. and but once you get the 
this the saddle height and the fore and aft in the right position, then that's when you work on more the the comfort of the for the upper torso for how it affects the neck and the back. And so if you're what I find a lot is people have two longest stems where they're like really at far outreached and yeah, that's gonna yeah. put a lot of strain on their shoulders, upper back and their, their neck and yeah, also trying to look down the road, right? Yeah, and they're yeah, and more hyper extension of the neck and so when you just kinda go through that process and you make those those changes then it really adds so much more comfort and power and enjoyment on the bike. Yeah, so it's interesting, like most of us think about uh you can just raise the bike up and down or the, the, not the bike the seat post right mm-hmm. um but I, I i have a feeling a lot of people don't know you can actually move that the the saddle back and forth so what's really interesting right is you're some of these things i'm, I'm assuming you're making millimeter not even centimeter changes right bike fitting is really about millimeters i mean it's a few millimeters here and and there what i see a lot is when people have too big of a bike or they're they're on the they're in between frame sizes like a medium and a large mm-hmm. and so they're mm-hmm. on this bike that maybe is a little big but they have a really long stem so the first thing what they want to do is be like, oh i'm having trouble reaching the handlebars mm-hmm. or my brake hood levers and they'll just put the seat all the way forward yeah yeah like, yep. oh now i can yeah. i can reach it but now their knee is so far forward over that pedal spindle it's like doing a a lunge or a or a squat with your your knee way far forward in front of the of the foot and it puts a lot of strain and pressure on the knee yeah and so that's not ideal so you got to get the seat height and the fore and aft in the right position and then you change the reach by changing the the stimuli what's what's funny that when you mentioned that this thought that came to mind is like when i'm talking to someone about like squats and deadlifts and things like that which is more the population and stuff that i see is uh, imagine a stick figure, right? But the stick figure has pivots at the joints, just like our joints would pivot. And just how you can see how certain things, uh, the load changes and everything just articulates by just shifting certain elements just back and forth. And it can make the world a difference. It's, you know, we're working with someone with knee pain. How do you keep them active and moving with an activity they enjoy doing, but yet is hurt? hurting them and flaring things up is just like well what if you just shift back a little bit and it's like oh my gosh it doesn't hurt yeah that that's what you're looking for yeah that's what yep. you're looking for it's great um uh so most of the what are what are some of the main things that changed we talked about um we talked about the seat up and down forward and backwards the stem can change in length mm-hmm. and it can be uh, upwardly faced or downwardly downwardly being more aggressive yeah. for more racing and road style yeah for more aerodynamics mm-hmm. okay and that's usually more for serious racers or even the, the younger population where they can get in those real aggressive postures yeah and sometimes it, it works you're like oh it's like um they can ride at sometimes people you know the the young racers really love like a negative 17 stem oh dang where it's really just falling off the bike and but you know they're young they have the flexibility of their spine and they don't have any pain there and the angles line up you're like go for it now is there with maybe this one i don't know if there'd be any other ones are there certain things that come with a compromise right well negative a negative stem angle going down you while you you equal and opposite reaction right you might compromise 
comfort and in, 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 in not necessarily function, but comfort as a result of being so aerodynamic. Right. Yeah. So I was always taught and I so believe that comfort trumps aerodynamics. Mm. So you can go. Yeah. Um, because now if you're on a time trial bike and you're doing a 5k time mm-hmm. trial, then I will put you in, in as aggressive of a position as I can get you. Cause yeah. you're, you're probably only going to hold that position for eight, 10 minutes and you can just yeah. drive it as hard as you can. But if you're doing a century ride and you're going to be on the bike for six hours, you, you can't ride an aggressive position. You're just going to be uncomfortable and you're going to be in, in pain. So, I mean, the majority of people in the population is mm-hmm. a just recreational cyclist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the position of comfort is the, the most important. If you're working with a, somebody who's into bike racing, then you're going to be a little bit more aggressive in their, their position. But still, um, if they're uncomfortable on the bike, it's going to affect their, their performance. For sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. How... Um, I'm assuming it doesn't change all that much just because you can get various lengths, but when you're dealing with like a dropper post, this would be more for mountain biking. Mm-hmm. You are probably just more so focus on the top end for the climb and then just changing the length of the dropper post, depending on what your comfort level is for your descent. Yeah. So actually when you're, when you're climbing, you want to be in the, your ideal position mm-hmm. for the seat height. Mm-hmm. And then when you start going downhill, if it's really steep or really technical, to stay behind the front wheel and to get your center of mass lower, mm-hmm. so you don't endo going over the yeah, over, yeah. over the bars, and you want to use that dropper post and get that seat down pretty pretty low, and also so you can get back over the the back wheel if you need to, just to keep you safer on the bike. One thing, uh, so we t- we talked about. Um, uh, Saddle positioning forward and backwards. How do you manipulate the the foot and because I mean those the clip the the cleats they those can slide a little bit too within there. You we're making adjustments on that as well. Yeah, on the on the bottom of your shoe, there's there's several slots for adjustments or like screw holes, and mm-hmm. there's a, like a little clamp that you screw the cleats in into there's some adjustability there more so on mountain bike shoes than on, on road shoes why is that and just way how they're made oh, um, it's a it's an interesting thing because i find more often than not on road shoes you're to get them in the right position you're going to be putting the cleats all the way back yeah, yeah and it's still not ideal but it's as close as as you can get with mountain bike shoes the adjustability is more and you can get the cleats exactly where you where you want them hmm. but um yeah so and also what you don't realize is you can get rotation on the cleats too when you in, install your your um the um the the clips on the bottom of the, mm-hmm. of the shoe mm-hmm. it's like um so those i mean damn cleats when you put the new cleats on you can rotate them in or rotate them out and that's going to affect toe in or toe out position oh i did not know you could do that if you just throw the throw the cleats on there and not pay attention to the orientation then you can be riding with a toe in position when your body wants to be in a toe out position so you just loosen the cleats and you can rotate them the opposite way and you're like oh now i can i feel more comfortable if you're riding toe in and you want to be toe out and that's going to put strain on the knee too yeah 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 so it's um which is interesting because i uh i don't 
do the clips because I would always tip over when I try to get right, out. Right. So I used the flats. But uh, what's interesting is I notice a little bit of knee pain every now and then when I'm when I'm riding, and I'll some for whatever reason I'm just like pitched in too much, and I'll feel it in my knee, and I'm just like, wow, that's weird. So I have the freedom to just turn it all the time, but right. that could be a, also a potential bad thing because as I'm climbing and it shifts and moves, it doesn't hold me as much. So oh. yes and no. I mean, there's. <laughs> There's different type of pedal systems like Speed, Play, Durace, Look, mm-hmm. um, and so many other brands. And Speed Play pedals have a lot of rotation where mm-hmm. you have a lot of float, they mm-hmm. they call it. And you can use that float to have your knee be aligned where it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Then if you use the, the Durace pedals, there's also for the cleats, there's different colors of the cleats for less float or very rigid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or very minimal float. And so if you want really stable position and you got it dialed in, then you can use the appropriate cleat to match that, that position you're in. So so is it better to kind of play around with some of that wiggle room to see what's your ideal position or is it get this more come down to comfort as what you like, uh, try it one way, see how it feels, try it another way, see how it feels, and then you just kind of hone in on it? It's a... Um, I think combination of just how the rider likes that that pedal system, yeah, yeah, and if they're having any issues with that pedal system and the knees, and so it's a it can be a, a trial and error. Some people love speed play pedals, some people love the Durace pedals. Mm-hmm. Um, people like the more float, people like less float. They want to be locked in. So it's um, I think it's just um, per per person little preference. Yeah. Uh, so one last question I did have before we wrap up is. When you're, are you also, in addition to angles, joint angles, positioning, and everything that you're looking at from a from a somewhat static position, but yet watching them dynamically as they go through that, are you also measuring power output or anything else like that? Or are you using more of what their ride is in their normal daily life? Hey, I do this route, I, I felt better, so on and so forth. Do you also measure power output when you're doing these? And so I don't measure any any power output okay. for like a I know some people use like a compu trainer and stuff where they'll they'll just measure power output mm-hmm. in, in one position, then they do it in another position and then they then they measure it. I I don't do that. I just make sure they're they're comfortable, mm-hmm. all the angles mm-hmm. match up and they're they look good mm-hmm. on the bike and they, they feel good, then I'll have them ride that new position for two, three, four rides, mm-hmm. like some solid rides and mm-hmm. see how they how they like that position because it, any new position is going to be, it's going to feel different at first. Yeah. And no so doubt. you just have to just ride it and then, then give me feedback on it be like, okay, um, any neck pain, any back pain, how did it feel? Was it good? And usually it's, it's very close, um, on that once we make all the changes, but mm-hmm. it's ballpark, right? Yeah. So if we get it right, it's, it's great. If not, we may just have to just, change something a few few millimeters here or, or there just make some adjustments yeah. and and then um but if the angles line up and they're comfortable on the bike then they're usually their their power is is going to be better yeah it's a, yeah. It's, a it's a it's a happy byproduct yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yeah because like you said it comes down to comfort you're not going to you're not going to have power if you're not feeling comfortable. Right. And you're not going to want to ride if you're not feeling comfortable. Right. So usually that'll take care of itself fairly well. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome, man. Well, this has been super helpful. Again, I didn't even, uh, 
for how long I've been riding bikes, I didn't even know the majority of those things could be altered and changed. Um, how would an individual get in touch with you if they wanted to get a fitting or talk about some of their bike-related aches, pains, injuries, so on and so forth? Yeah. So um, I I have my email is getfittoride at gmail.com. That's G-E-T-T-O. Uh, sorry, get fit. G E T F I T T O R E D at gmail.com. Cool. And they can send me an email or also just my my regular email, which is Jeff Fulford at yahoo.com. Actually, probably that's the better one. So that's J E F F F U L F O R D at yahoo.com. And just send me an email. I check that one more than my other one. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, either either one, and then just reach out, and I can um, get you on the on the schedule. It takes about two two and a half hours to do a bike fit. Yep. So just cool. um, plan on just taking time, and um, we'll get you dialed in on your your bike and um, make you comfortable. There's just a lot of a little adjustments. I mean, from the initial movement analysis and mm-hmm. posture, and mm-hmm. then to bike observation, getting off the bike. Undoing screws, yeah, yeah. moving stuff, screwing back on, get back on. Um, yeah, all these little adjustments just take take time. For and, sure. And, um, and then, um, yeah, but it's a it's a fun process, and people leave happy, and it makes a, a big difference. And um, I work out of my out of my house, so it's a very low key yeah. environment and non non stress. And um, I do this on the side. So I'm a, I'm a physical therapist mm-hmm. as a full-time job. So I do this on my days off or on the weekends or sometimes some weeknights just to help people out. It's a little side thing that I enjoy. And so it's a nice, relaxed atmosphere and um, get you dialed in on your bike. Yeah, well, I mean, from, from the clients and the patients that I've had, if you can get someone back on their bike and they're happy, they are happy. Yeah. They love getting back on that bike. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, uh, Jeff, thank you so much for coming in and sharing a little bit about that. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your insight and your time on this, and it's been a fun podcast, so thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. Till, yeah, thank you. Till next time, guys, live loud.